0: Stranger, written by Albert Camus in 1942, I believe, is about the character Merceau, and starts off with a a very specific premise, and this is actually encapsulated by a remark that was made by Camus in 1955 about the stranger he said in our society any man who does not weep at his mother's funeral runs the risk of being sentenced to death he said that was kind of his summary of what the stranger was about and that's how it starts out so merceau specifically he gets a telegram and the way that this is structured the way that it's written is that it sets out something that should be very important dramatic emotional and significant to this particular character this is how it starts out in my translation this translation i have there are two translations that I read this one I have it's on my iPad makes it easier but one of them the translator's note and that will be the other one not the one I'm reading now but the translator's note specifically said he was trying to mimic the minimalist style of Camus that he was trying to use in the French and this one as far as I hear the one I'm going to read which some of the passages I like a little more in this one What I'm going to read apparently takes a little more liberty when it comes to translating a lot of these passages, so keep that in mind when we're going through it. but this is how it starts out, this part one. Mother died today, or maybe yesterday, I can't be sure. The telegram from the home says, your mother passed away, funeral tomorrow, deep sympathy, which leaves the matter doubtful, it could have been yesterday. So, you've got the structure and you've got the themes already built in this first paragraph. So, it specifically finds out this dramatic, very personal, and significant thing that has happened that should elicit a proper response from the character. And he's already, he ends the paragraph with this, which leaves the matter doubtful. It could have been yesterday. And there are different paragraph structures too in the other translation, so it could be different. The character is interested in the minutiae of how it's written, the ambiguity in the message. As much as, or slightly more than, the actual death of his mother, the thing that's supposed to trigger all the proper societal responses, the the things you're supposed to enact. So, uh there are some very helpful things to know about Camus that will render much of this less opaque than it seems to be. So it's it's specifically written in first person, and the thing that Camus is trying to do, as far as I can tell, is that he wants to write it in first person so you have direct access to this person's brain. <laughs> you have direct access to who this person is in every part of him. And yet you still feel the distance between yourself as reader and the narrator. I had a lengthy discussion about this book, and there were some different interpretations, but I think the overriding idea that really establishes what this is about is from understanding Camus' philosophy, kind of the thing that he espoused, and that specifically has to deal with absurdism. He's often been kind of thrust into the camp of existentialism as well, but he rejected that particular term. Now, there's a distinction between absurdism and existentialism. Absurdism is a kind of to put it a little cheaply, is the idea that all of this is absurd, that Life and the things that happen, and the highs and the lows, and everything that can be or could be, or anything like that dreams, aspirations, etc. It's all just an absurdity. It's a collective absurdity. It doesn't actually mean anything. It's not important. For existentialism, it could see that life is either absurd or meaningless or whatever else, but it has an attitude about that. It's unhappy. It's depressed. <laughs> it's saying that there's something, there's a gap out there, there's a lacuna out there that I can't fill, uh, that isn't being filled by the universe universe. universe, and thus I have a negative emotion as a response to it, however big or deep or whatever else that negative emotion might be. But for absurdists, for absurdism, there is no attitude toward it, there is no interest in it, there is no concern for it being the fact. (laughs) so I think this is kind of the thing that's being established with The Stranger and it's it's not very long, it's only like 100 pages it doesn't take very long to read it's eminently easy to read in either translation as far as I could tell and it will be compared the writing style will be compared to Hemingway, they're very different uh, you know, they definitely have their own ways of doing minimalism, this to me The Stranger, Camus writing is more, it has a kind of jaggedness to it, not a frustrating jaggedness, but specifically to establish the the way this person thinks. So, like I said, this is the setup that he finds out about his mother dying, and he doesn't have an emotional response to it. So as he's interacting with people that he runs into, they'll be aware of the loss or he'll tell them about the loss, and they'll be surprised that he's not reacting in the proper way. And I'm, I'm going to spoil a little bit here. It's not very long, so if you want to read it, read it first and then come back because I want to go deep into it so we can get all the ideas out here. Uh, it's actually one of my, fa- I mean, it's definitely up there one of my favorite works of all time now having finally read it this is the first time i read it so it's definitely up there i'd highly recommend just giving a go through it's probably not quite the read for a sunny day unless you want to offset (laughs) the kind of depressive ideas that are going to come out of it. But, so, number one, it starts out with this idea that he's supposed to act in a certain way when it comes to responding to these kinds of things in society. Now, you could read that as, oh, society's oppressive, man. You know, the kind of the hippie attack that I don't want to be told by society how I'm supposed to feel about any given thing. That, to me, would be a very superficial and disregard all the philosophies behind it. But it could be that it's just society can't tell me what to be or what to do. I'm outside of society and therefore so I'm condemning this idea that I have to be a certain thing or react in a certain way because of society. So it could be that. I don't think so. But as the character goes along, so he, he suffers this. He goes to the mother's funeral. He's observed as not being very interested in it. Subsequent to this, he goes... <laughs> He like uh, has what is he has a coffee, he has a smoke, and people look at these as like, how could he do this at this particular time? He should be shocked and unable to function. He goes to a movie, and it, it was a comedy movie, and this is something that comes out later. That's like, how could he do that? He has a girlfriend who talks about marriage, and it has all these posts, these life posts that it runs into. And like I said, big spoiler: at a certain point, he and some friends they get into a on a beach, they get into a scuffle. Anyway, so he goes through all the like 10 pull moments. When he's on the beach, he ends up killing a guy. Very importantly, he he shoots the guy once and then shoots him three more times in rapid succession. So there's a, there's a gap there, which is very important. Later, so after having done this, then he ends up on trial and they go through the whole trial thing. Now, a murder and a trial, <laughs> pretty kind of mundane structurally. I don't as an attorney, I don't particularly like seeing trials in fiction. <laughs> obviously not just for the fact that they miss a whole bunch of procedural necessities uh, and the attorneys never seem to act like actual attorneys but it can really slog the whole pace of everything when they have to end up in a in a courtroom and they're testifying and we have to go oh what's the verdict gonna be it just it gets a little tired not a little it gets a lot tired you know if it's not a few good men or something like that or 12 angry men anything with men in the title apparently then it just gets tedious you know, it doesn't have much dramatic weight in the right ways as some of them do whatever but so anyway anyway Anyway, but this is specifically the structure, so it's got four major life events that should be very significant to anybody and they're not significant to this particular protagonist so first the death of his mother second marriage, third murder or murder and trial and fourth his own execution so all of those things should be very significant for a person but they're not for this for Marceau. He's indifferent to the death of his mother and one of the things that is important is that he structures this mirrored image When it comes to he and his mother, so his mother ends up in a home. He puts her in the home and doesn't have much of an. He doesn't feel too bad about it. (laughs) And we learn that she, when she first got to the home, she cried every day because she was there. And then later, once she got used to it, then she would have cried if somebody tried to take her away. And later, when he's incarcerated, he goes through the same transformation that initially he was found it horrible to be there. And then later, he gets used to it and it's perfectly fine. And his mother even had a statement around that that his mother said something. about how you can get used to anything and that's a, that's kind of a, a central absurdist idea because if you can get used to anything if anything can eventually cause the same response in you then what is the actual intrinsic value or meaning of of any of it so he goes through all these things, but I think what Camus is trying to set up is that look, any of the possible, incredible, amazing things that you could do that can happen in your life that are important, whether good or bad, they actually don't mean anything. <laughs> it's it's an absurdist structure. It's not significant or important or anything like that. One quote, but I wasn't sure if I should smoke under the circumstances in Mother's presence. I thought it over. Really, it didn't seem to matter. So I offered to keep her a cigarette and we both smoked. So these little things that come up and later when he's when he goes to the theater and happens to see a Comedy, as opposed to some other kind of movie, and has a sexual encounter with his would-be fiance and and all that. All those things come up in the court case as reasons to condemn him for the murder. Now, obviously, as an attorney. <laughs> I would be able to say, no, you can't use that character evidence to try to demonstrate that he didn't care about his mother's death. You're not going to be able to use that to try to demonstrate that he committed this particular act of murder. But that's what Camus is trying to structure it around, is trying to say that he's really on trial for not doing the things that he was expected to do as much as he's on trial for the murder. He's on trial for not having expressed grief for the death of his mother as much as he's on trial for having murdered somebody and creating this equivalence in, in those acts. Again, it could be read as, oh, he's condemning society but I think it's bigger than that, much bigger than that like I said, it's mostly minimalist writing. I have one passage here that was kind of the most florid passage that I ran into, so I want to read that so you can see see how it sounds. And it's relatively similar to the other translation as well. Quote, And I can remember the look of the church, the villagers in the street, the red geraniums on the graves, Perez's fainting fit, he crumpled up like a rag doll. the tawny red earth pattering on mother's coffin, the bits of white roots mixed up with it. Then more people, voices, the wait outside a cafe for the bus, the rumble of the engine, and my little thrill of pleasure when we entered the first brightly lit streets of Algiers, and I pictured myself going straight to bed and sleeping 12 hours at a stretch. End quote beautiful passage i mean it sounds great a lot of wonderful words in there but it does kind of stray from the method throughout and that's one thing if if the character takes an interest in something if merceau is suddenly bothered or interested or elated by something then it kind of undermines the whole idea so so it's really kind of divided into two parts before and leading up to and including the murder and after through the court case and and subsequently so one important new Note about the actual murder is that when it happens, you know, he shoots once, and all the, the descriptions around the murder aren't things that you would expect to be described. So the things that are talked about the most are coming from the universe as opposed to coming from something internal or, you know, like fear or something like that. He talks about the sun, how the sun's in his eyes, and what the temperature feels like, and, and the air, the hot air that's coming off of the beach. Those are the things that are in his head at the moment. And I think again, Camus is trying to structure it, saying that it's It's the universe it's all this extra stuff that's that's impacting this it's it's not really about whatever particular act is happening right now it's about something larger than that i don't think he was subscribing to determinism or something (laughs) He's trying to sap the significance out of these personal things that would happen because they're absurd not expressing grief about your mother who passed away or Committing a murder. It's all absurd. It's all in the same thing. It's on the the same level I think here's the passage actually then everything began to reel before my eyes a fiery gust came from the sea while the sky Cracked in two from end to end and a great sheet of flame poured down through the rift Every nerve in my body was a steel spring and my grip closed on the revolver the trigger gave and the smooth underbelly of the butt jaw my palm, and so with that crisp whipcrack sound, it all began. I shook off my sweat in the clinging veil of light. I knew I'd shattered the balance of the day, the spacious calm of this beach on which I had been happy. But I fired four shots more into the inert body on which they left no visible trace, and each successive shot was another loud, fateful rap on the door of my undoing. So, again, a lot of description about temperatures and light as opposed to the things that you would really expect. A fiery gust came from the sea. I shook off my sweat. The balance of the day. Calm beach. And apparently he shot five times. I missed that. Way to pay attention to the details here. So it was once and then four more. And the important thing here is that you can't say now that it was self-defense. Because the guy had a knife. Uh, But you can't say that, oh, he was just defending himself and get him off the hook. Because that would undermine the whole idea, the thematics of the whole whole thing. (laughs) Oh. And he tells this story. So he finds on the underside of his straw mattress when he's in prison, he finds this little piece of news clipping that's of a particular story. And this is how the story goes. So one day, when inspecting my straw mattress, I found a bit of newspaper stuck to its underside. The paper was yellow with age, almost transparent, but I could still make out the letter print. It was a story of a crime. The first part was missing, but I gathered that its scene was some village in Czechoslovakia. One of the villagers had left his home to try his luck abroad. After 25 years, having made a fortune, he returned to his country with his wife and child. Meanwhile, his mother and sister had been running a small hotel in the village where he was born. He decided to give them a surprise, and leaving his wife and child in another inn, he went to stay at his mother's place, booking a room under an assumed name. His mother and sister completely failed to recognize him. At dinner that evening, he showed them a large sum of money he had on him, and in the course of the night, they slaughtered him with a hammer. After taking the money, they flung the body into the river. Next morning, his wife came and, without thinking, betrayed the guest's identity. His mother hanged herself his sister threw herself into a well i must have read that story thousands of times in one way it sounded most unlikely in another it was plausible enough anyhow to my mind the man was asking for trouble one shouldn't play fool tricks of that sort end quote so of course the response to this and there could again be some kind of a response that just says well this is just an atypical person (laughs) this is just a, a not great person who has some kind of a psychological disorder who can't respond to things in the way that people respond to things but again that completely ignores any kind of a philosophical structural idea behind it and the way that all this stuff is is built. So this is a story of just a horrible thing <laughs> happening. And the interest is, I'm not sure if it's likely or plausible. And the guy was kind of asking for it. He shouldn't be playing tricks. <laughs> of course, the punishment for playing tricks is to be slaughtered by your <laughs> long lost mother and sister and then have them hang themselves in abject horror when they find out the truth. So it's... It's a, it's a curious tidbit to put in there but it's it, again it suggests it's the same kind of th- idea said something that happens in such a way and the improper response to it and again I think because Camus is leveling out anything that could possibly happen to a person good or bad it's absurdism in practice they go through the trial and then he laments the fact that he's going to be he he's found to be <laughs> guilty there's some uh, question as to that for a little bit but eventually he gets found and he's waiting on an appeal and once the appeal is denied then that's the end of it he's going to be executed and sometimes he, he sounds some lamentations for having been for the certitude he says of his execution and then also they, they have the a priest who comes in and this is the only time he, he shows emotion when he, he gets pissed at the priest for having just berated him with all these ideas of afterlives and, and God and all that stuff so he gets angry at this idea and, and gets rid of the priest so this is the only real emotion that's expressed one thing Toward the end, he says, How had I failed to recognize that nothing was more important than an execution? That, viewed from one angle, it's the only thing that can genuinely interest a man. At this point, he was frustrated by the fact that he hadn't gone to more executions. (laughs) and so now he's saying that that's the only thing that can generate interest in a man is an execution and one funny little thing he talks about here is that how horrible it is that if you somehow were to survive an execution that would be so much worse because they just have to do it again if by some fluke the knife didn't do its job they started again it's a curious idea when it comes to executions you struggle through and they just have to do it again supposing she were dead her memory would mean nothing i couldn't feel an interest in a dead girl this seemed to me quite normal, just as I realized people would soon forget me once I was dead. I couldn't even say that it was hard to stomach. Really, there's no idea to which one doesn't get acclimatized in time. End quote. What difference could they make to me, the deaths of others or a mother's love or his God, or the way a man decides to live, the fate he thinks he chooses, since one and the same fate was bound to choose, not only me, but thousands of millions of privileged people who, like him, call themselves my brothers end quote here's okay so here's an important idea because it's right at the end and he says he opens his heart to the benign indifference of the universe now i should have looked up the other translation of this but he calls it a benign indifference of the universe to feel it so like myself indeed so brotherly made me realize that i'd been happy and that i was happy still and that i was happy still for all to be accomplished for me to feel less lonely all that remained to hope was that on the day of my execution there should be a huge crowd of spectators and they should greet me with howls of execration execration of course meaning like hate so <laughs> that's again so there's a balance here there's a an indifference in the calculus even though he's using the vernacular of emotions here he says realize that i'd been happy and his only hope is to feel less lonely by having spectators at his execution with howls of execration. so howls of hate so you would think that would be the the worst most disheartening thing that you could have is that everybody at your crowded making you feel less lonely at your execution talking about how much they hate you. <laughs> But a universal indifference, and then happy to be hated at your execution. So I really think that the structure here and the idea is, like I said, I only read this through the, each of the translations, but the idea here is the absurdism, is that all of this is absurd, that it doesn't mean anything, but that you shouldn't have an attitude toward it. And of course, the stranger is the protagonist, but it's also the reader, that this is the situation that any person is in, and whatever value you want to attribute to whatever thing is going on, whatever important thing the most... Exalted incredible amazing thing that you could imagine or the worst possible misery for everyone It doesn't matter one way or the other and on that note so that's Albert Camus that's The Stranger and having only read it a couple of times I'm sure I, I can't do it all justice but that's my those are my takeaways I recommend it especially it being a, a short read I'm going to recommend those more heavily than anything with a thousand pages sorry Joyce but it being a short read I think everybody should just give it a whirl see what they think it means espouse some ideas and especially shoot them at me but alright so that's the last coffee Coffeehouse thanks bye